A Jerusalem mob in Virginia next on The Midweek Move. Hey there, everyone. It's Scott here. Thanks for joining us on The Midweek Move. We have something special for you this week. Uh, I was in Virginia and I was with Pastor Jeff Hill from Destiny Church in Chester, Virginia. And man, we had an opportunity just to sit down and just kind of walk through Acts chapter 22. But just let me give you just a little bit of context before we jump into this. Man, we st- we went into it and we were talking about, you know, the power of your story and just perseverance and all these different things. And man, we just kind of went into this place. We kind of felt like the Holy Spirit was just kind of leading us into a place And so we just really went for it. I mean, we went for it. And I really do believe you're going to be super blessed uh, by this episode of The Midweek Move. I really believe you're going to get something spoken directly into your heart, not just information or inspiration, but revelation. I really believe you're going to get that. So let's just intently dig in this together. It's It's going to be an awesome, awesome episode. So thank you again for joining The Midweek Move. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Midweek Move podcast. I am Scott, and uh, today we have a very special guest from a very special place. Man, we are in Chester, Virginia, and we are Destiny Church, and Pastor Jeff is with me again. He's been with us before, side by side, but now we're literally physically side by side today. (laughs) That's right. And instead of just digitally, we're side by side. And uh, it is such an awesome privilege and an honor, not just to be with him and have him at Midweek Move, but to be here. Guys, listen, um, man, what an amazing community, faith community. What an amazing leadership team. What an amazing opportunity for Tanya and I to be here, to see this, to experience Jesus together uh, with these amazing people. And it's just been uh, really awesome. We're not quite done yet, but... It's yeah. uh, it's been really really amazing. So, Pastor Jeff, welcome again to the Midweek Move. Man, honor to be here. And uh, Scott, you and Tanya have been such a blessing to us and our church. So, just want to thank all of your folks back home, your team, and your church family for sharing you with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Hey, everybody. We are in Acts chapter twenty-two today, and uh, man, it <laughs> we are going to hit a stream today that I think is so powerful, so moving. Um, it is such an incredible reminder to us that what Jesus did in our life matters. Mm -hmm. It matters that we don't forget that, that we don't move past that. You know, when Paul said forgetting those things are, which, which are behind, he wasn't saying forgetting his life, forgetting his encounter with Jesus, because every time he's in front of somebody, he tells a story. So he wasn't talking about forgetting all of that. Right. He was talking about his behaviors and his attitudes. Yes like who he was before Jesus, yep. forgetting that. Yep. Not what happened to me, but who I was. Correct. Because now I'm not Saul, I'm Paul. And that's what we're going to dig into today. Yeah. Because we've been on this journey in Acts, guys. And man, we've seen people in prison. We've seen yeah. the Holy Spirit poured out. We've seen miracles, the dead yeah. raising. Like all this stuff's going on. We've seen riots. We've seen demonic possession. And then all of a sudden we see Paul going to Jerusalem and this is really important and Jeff I don't know if you if you feel this way but just going to going to Israel over and over and over and over again as I did for so long what you find is everybody wants to go to Jerusalem everybody wants to go to Jerusalem but what they don't realize is Jerusalem is heavy yeah like it is it is heavy it's not Galilee 
It's not the shores of the Sea of Galilee. It's not Tel Aviv, the 21st century city. You know, it's not the wilderness of Judea. It's not, you know, it's not the Dead Sea. It's not the calm, still waters of the Jordan. Like, it is heavy. Like, the spiritual atmosphere is heavy. Um, walking there, the steps, the cobblestones, it's heavy. Huh. If you can't handle it, you got to rest. You, can, wow. you just can't. And I think people forget that in the Bible, when Jesus goes to Jerusalem, almost nothing good ever happens to him wow. in Jerusalem. Wow. Like, when he goes there, everything he does is questioned. Wow. And then he ends up going there to die. Huh. Paul has been outside of Jerusalem for a while, and he's going to all these places and all this stuff's going on, and he comes to Jerusalem, and it's not just a riot. It's a mob. Wow. Like, he goes, and they're not receiving his testimony at all. Mm. And that's where Acts 22 leaves us, is the last thing we have in Acts 21 is that there's this great silence, and he begins to speak to them in Hebrew. Again, knowing where he's at, and I think we misdirect sometimes I become all things to all people, thinking mm -hmm. that I have to become a sinner to reach a sinner. Correct. That's not what Paul was saying. Yeah. Paul was saying about his, his background that God had allowed him to live a life where he could reach multiple types of people. Right. You catch that in yep, that? Absolutely. Yep. And even in our own lives, how yeah. God will use things when we're not saved. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden we'll meet somebody that was like us yeah. and we get to minister to them. Yes. Not yeah. becoming like them. But our experience is right. very parallel to that, right? Yep, yep absolutely. Yeah. All right, Acts 22. Brethren and fathers, hear my defense before you now. He's like, hear my defense. I'm not defending the Lord. This is my defense. And when they heard that he spoke to them in the Hebrew language, they kept all the more silent. Man, that is such a, that is such a powerful statement about language mm -hmm. and about what you speak and, and, and opening the ears of hearers. It doesn't mean that we have to work so hard to be culturally relevant. This wasn't something he had to work to do. Right. He already knew the language. Yeah. So it says, then he said, I am indeed a Jew born in Tarsus of Silius, but brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, taught according to the strictness of our father's law and was zealous toward God as you all are today. So he's like, he's like putting himself in their shoes. Why is this so important, Jeff, that he's kind of like, bringing them out of this mob mentality into, hey, I'm just like you. Like, yeah. why is that so important? Well, even like what you what you did this week when you spoke at our church, they don't know him. Yeah, right? yeah. So when you, when, when a first-time speaker comes to our church, I always in, encourage them, share a little bit of your story because there's, your story connects them to this is a real person. Yeah. This is someone, this is someone who hurts like I do, feels like I do. Um, they connect somehow in the story. Yep. And so his story with them speaking about where he came from connects them. People, people understand. And, and you know, anytime a, a person is speaking, in many ways they're leading. And so you won't, you won't follow someone you don't know yep. or don't trust. So he's just sharing his story, his testimony to connect with them. Yep. And I think it's so awesome that they know of him because he was Saul. Mm-hmm. Like they know of him because he was very learned, he was very educated. They know of him, but they don't know him. Correct. And now he's going, look, you may know of me, but I'm about to really tell you about me. Yes. Like here's what you don't know about me. Yeah. And I think that's important. Like when I came here and I was about to speak, they knew of me. Yeah. And some of them had met me before. Yeah. But they didn't know me. Mm -hmm. They didn't know me. There was well, there was a connection. 
Correct. But not a relational connection. And, and the other side of it, what you're saying too, whenever you shared your story at our church, it um, it adds validity to what you're about to say mm. because you've not just read it from a book. You've not just took it in a class. You experienced this. And that's that just makes you, gives a little more weight to what you're saying. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So he goes in in verse four, I persecuted this way to the death. I mean, Man, this is a heavy statement because he's like, not only did I come against them, but I did it at the expense of their own lives. Like, I may not have been the one with the stone in my hand, but I ordered the stone to be thrown. Right. Like, he's, he didn't have to say that in this context. Yeah. He's already saved. Well, and not only that, if you think about it, that's the way they feel right now. They, they identify with that statement. We're like, hey, I, I was just like you. I, yep. I know what you're feeling. And yep. they, they identified with that. And, and he, he didn't have to say this because he had already repented. Mm-hmm. His sin was already under the blood. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he had to make it right all over, but he did have to publicly make it right. Yeah. I think sometimes we're like, we ask Jesus for forgiveness and we forget about the people. Yeah. We forget about the people we've hurt. Yeah. We're like, oh, it's under the blood. I don't have to. Well... I get that in a way. Mm-hmm. Eternally, you're secure. Mm-hmm. It's under the blood. But with people, relationally, there also needs to be a bridge of healing as well. And that is owning what you have done. We told you the story about Tanya and I and what had to happen. We Man, we were saved. We were in the ministry. It's like God was moving. We were living pure lives. But the Lord was like, no, you got to share this with her from the past. Right. And I'm just arguing with God. It was like, no, there's a part of her that will never truly open up. She will always be wondering or questioning. Right. And Paul here is like, no, I'm going to own this. Like I was just like you, but here's what I did. Mm -hmm. Like he's not even bringing accusation to them. Here's what you're doing. He's like, I did this. Like he's just owning it. He's not even saying that, Oh, I was ordered to do this. He's like, I did this. So he says, I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering into prisons, both men and women. As also the high priest bears me witness, and all the council of the elders from whom I also received letters to the brethren, and went to Damascus to bring in chains, even those who were there to Jerusalem, to be punished. Now it happened as I journeyed and came near Damascus about noon, suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me. I fell to the ground, heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Of course, he's going back to Acts chapter uh, 9, where he has this incredible encounter with Jesus. He's on his way. He's leaving Stephen's death Mm -hmm. and he's going to persecute even more and he says so I answered verse 8 who are you Lord now Lord here doesn't take on the context of Messiah because Lord was a term in those days that were even used for men of the house Mm -hmm. they were used for even um, even political leaders of a region were called Lord so it wasn't like this was a submissive term I'm submitting to leadership so it wasn't necessarily uh, it wasn't necessarily he's looking to Jesus as Messiah. It's more of authority. So he says, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. <laughs> wow. Like I, everything you're doing that you're doing wrong, mm. you're doing it against me. Yeah. Which, which is interesting because what we do to God's kids, we're actually doing to him. Absolutely. And that's where when you give your life to Christ, you come to that realization that all these things that you were doing to people and to yourself, you were actually doing to Jesus. Mm. Like 
that's such a huge revelation. And those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me, which I think is really important that, man, God can speak to you in a crowded room and nobody else hear what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so that's when you're kind of like, hey, did everybody hear that? No, I didn't hear anything. Yeah. Like, well, it's not for them to hear. It's for you to hear, right? So I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, arise and go into Damascus, and there you'll be told all things which are appointed for you to do. And since I could not see for the glory of that light being led by the hand of those who were with me, I came into Damascus, a certain man named Ananias, a devout man according to the law. And we talked about Ananias. Mm -hmm. We talked about, man, not just thinking about being Saul, but what about being Ananias? And God says, hey, by the way, I want you to go to this guy that you know of that's been killing all your friends. And he's probably coming after you. But I want you to go to him and lay hands on him. (laughs) That would have been real easy to say, no, I'm good. Yep. I'm good, man. You better check the ID. I think I'm going to go this way. (laughs) I think I'm going this way, dude. I'm not going to mess with that. But Ananias, knowing it's the Lord, is like, Mm. okay, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to go. He says, certain man, Ananias, a devout man, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and he stood and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that same hour, I looked up to him. Then he said, the God of our fathers have chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized. Wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Man, I love that. Mm -hmm. I think in in faith community circles, People have to wait so long to do the stuff. Now I get it, man. We have mm-hmm. to we have to do background checks on people. We have to do our due diligence. Yeah. We have to be good stewards. We have to be uh, uh, protectors yeah. of of what God has given us to steward. But at the same time, I think sometimes people are just standing back waiting and going, "Hey, I can't do that until I'm saved five years, or I can't mm-hmm. do that until I'm saved ten years." And it's like. Which is even your testimony, right? You guys were in the ministry like six weeks after you got saved, right about that time frame? Yeah, I had only been reading the Bible for like a month and a half, yeah. and I was preaching. <laughs> I mean, like, that yeah. that goes against every... Yeah. Like, you're a pastor, I'm a pastor, and I'm thinking, man, I'm not sure that was very wise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if it didn't happen that way for me, I would have been out. Yeah. I would have well, checked and I think, out. I think that's why we, we be led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and... You know, even as a father of four children, um, I borrowed one of the phrases of a famous football coach who said, I'm going to be completely fair and treat you all differently um, because we're all different. Right. And some people, they do need to be thrust into the ministry. Yep. Some people, that is their growth step. Yep. Not everybody, but I think that's as leaders, that's what we do is we follow the voice of the Lord. Even throughout this whole story, what you hear is guidance and leading of the Holy Spirit, which is... Um, you know, again, can be hard for someone who wants everything cut and dry. Yep. Holy Spirit, as as long as my wife and I have walked with him as as his children and as leaders, hey, I never know what his plan is. I have to keep my little hand in a big hand. Yep. But when I follow him, good things happen. Yep. And I think for me, I was so high intensity mm-hmm. that if it would have been pulled back, yep. you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. I think I would have just been out. Yeah. I would have fallen through the cracks. It would have been over. And thank God for that pastor who might have gotten some kickback. Yep. And um and some some leadership kickback, 
on the fact that why are you putting this man in and now look at the fruit? Well, the crazy thing is the situation almost dictated that that happened mm. because we had an infidelity of a pastor. The youth pastor moved into interim pastor and saw the call of God on me and said, hey, I'm going to trust you with these teenagers. Go in there. Yeah. So it was almost not necessity, mm. but it was a key leader looking at me and seeing something. It wasn't just, hey, you're the only guy available. Right. But he saw something on me and was like, no, go. Yeah. And what ends up being awesome is there was a young lady who was in that youth group who was connected to the to the to the family infidelity. And we said, No, you're not you're not disappearing like mm. them. You're not. We're mm. gonna come and pick you up every week. We don't care. And she went on to be on staff with Matthew Barnett at the Dream Center wow. and she wrote the curriculum for Adopt a Block. Wow. And she is over an entire area of the entire Dream Center. She's one of their worship leaders all these twenty something years later. Wow. But she was in that youth group, that first that very wow. first thing. And it was like and that's not accounted to us. I'm just saying that in the midst of that terrible situation, horrible, mm-hmm. where a church could have just folded disintegrated mm-hmm. man there were key people who were like nope the anointing's on you yeah. nope it, we're not gonna let you fall yeah. through the cracks yeah. like normal church life yeah. and that's why it's so important you know mm. Paul is bringing out this word and he is giving the testimony of Jesus because it's so important he's not wanting anything to fall through the cracks yeah. it could have been easier for him not just to say this yeah. man people don't want to listen to my story have you ever been there? Oh, yeah. I mean, how many times has Absolutely. Destiny Church heard your story? Oh, tons of stuff. You know, and I, I'm a storyteller. I, I feel like testimony is not just how you got saved. Testimony, uh, Job said it this way, your visitations preserve my soul. So the visitations of God in our life are all testimony. So we're constantly needing, every year I pray for new stories. Yeah. So I've got a new story now that you and, and um, Tanya came. You know, I've got the story in the restaurant and, all these stories, you you have to be, we have to be, we cannot just give, and there's nothing wrong with it, but we cannot give our children the flannel Jesus. Remember yeah. the in the, the, the old days you put the flannel <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah. You can't just give those stories. Yes, and, nothing and wrong with that. Led a lot of people to but Jesus. it can't be just that. That's We've right. got to tell our story because the, the gospel's Jesus. still working. It's got to be the real Jesus. It's got to be it's real in our life. So in that sense, our testimony is not just how we got saved. Yep. It's the testimony of Jesus visit, visiting us in, in seasons, visiting us in stories. And so we, we've got to be storytellers constantly telling yeah, yeah, stories. Yeah, and I think it's super important here that Paul is not forgetting. He is not forgetting, yeah. and he's not running past. Mm-mm. So many times, I believe, in a faith community, we're even taught, yeah. move on, move yeah. on, yeah. move on. That's like, for me, I'm still stewing on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not living there. Yeah. But I'm still like, man, that was intense. Mm. And there was a, a lot dumped on us. Have you... Have you ever, so what you're saying, this is what I hear you saying, is that you you are to press forward, but not in the, in the sense where you forget everything God has done. That's right. Have you ever studied the word um, in Jeremiah 29, 11, where it says, I've given you a future and a hope. That word future is the Hebrew word, aherit, and it's A-H-R-I-T. The word picture of that word is of a person who's rowing forward, facing backwards. And the reality is, is that it's almost a nautical term, but the sense is that even in in um, 
nautical, um, you know, how they navigate is they take soundings from the past. So you're, you get, you kind of get a sense of where God's moving forward in your life by what he's done in your past, how he shaped you. So in that sense, yeah, we're always moving forward, but never leaving the past. And he gives that word. And one of the reasons why there is that, um, there is that imagery of that forward and backward is because the word that he's giving them is not for them in that yeah, moment. That's right. Basically, he's telling those grandparents, you are not going to see this. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. And your children may not even see this because right. they're going into 70 years of captivity. Yeah. They're, they are going into Babylonian captivity. They want out. And God says, no, you plant, you mm-hmm. build, you have families. And bless the you city. You work, you do the marketplace. Yeah. You do all that. I know we all want to believe here and go to heaven, but God said, no, you build, you plant, you sow, you have kids, you impact, you do all that. And I'm going to give you a future and a hope. Your hope isn't right here. Your hope is there. Right. But you've got to live back here. Yes. And you've got to be firm back here by Mm. what happened back here. So good. It's that echo that goes back. It's like not just thinking right here in Babylon, but when I spoke to you generations before you back here, Row forward, but there's an echo. That's right. There's there's an echo that comes back or a ripple that goes back that's moving you forward. Correct. And if you forget this, you can't go forward. So good. If you live here, you can't go forward. You know, that, that I mean, again, the whole idea of what we're talking about is that you're going forward, you press forward, but you don't forget what God has done. You're stewing on what God did Sunday because tonight we have a, a powerful meeting coming up yep. and God started something yep. on Sunday that is going to, it's going to affect tonight. So you're constantly, you're not looking backwards, nope. but you're not forgetting the stories because it's like foundational stones of what God's doing. You're building yep. up. And even, I mean, there's so many instances throughout scripture that sometimes you can't go forward until you go back. Yep. Um, the, the Onesimus story, Philemon, Yep. Um, he could not move forward. He, he reached a point where Paul said, now you got to go back um, and, and get that right. And so there's, there's this constant tension. We're not looking back. We're not going back. We're moving forward. But we, we don't forget the past, even yep. our failures, even yep. our, our, some of our uh, worst seasons, God was shaping us. And, uh, and he was shaping us for a purpose. And how many times have we taken a sermon and just moved on to the next one and we've almost let the seed Mm. fall on a soil and be choked out by the cares of the world or be stolen from us because we're so busy moving on to the next thing yeah my first question to some of the people tonight as soon as i see them is going to be like okay what have you done with what god gave you sunday yeah what have you done with it yeah was it just a sermon were you just here in a service right or have you grown yeah did you make a move yeah from so that moment. So good. Because God didn't give you that moment for that moment. Yep. He gave you that moment to move, to Come make on. a move. And sometimes you've got to go back to that well. Mm-hmm. you got to go back to that well and be reminded, yep. not even to grab something from there and bring it forward, but just yep. to be reminded of what God said and what yep. God did. And that's what Paul's doing that's here. Good. I mean, this is the same guy that said forgetting those things that are behind. Mm-hmm. He's not saying forgetting his encounter with Jesus forgetting what God had done in his life, forgetting that he was a persecutor. It was forgetting my old behaviors, mm-hmm. my old attitudes as an old, yeah. the old man. Right. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Yeah. But saw the persecutor, good. saw the persecutor, 
and then Saul on the road to Damascus, that's who I am. That is a part of who I am. I'm not going to forget that. Well, even even that, what you're saying is so powerful to me because as you're saying, I'm kind of getting a thought about that. He's he's saying, too, that I just knocked that mic. He's saying, too, that um, don't be content with the stories you had yesterday. There's new, there's new stories to be written. Yep. Um, so, you know, forgetting what I'm, what is behind, I'm not forgetting them in the sense that I, I'm no longer, but some people get stuck yep. in what Jesus did yesterday. Yep. They live um, there. They live there. And we have to be, not be content with those stories. Those stories should uh, inspire us and motivate us for, for greater uh, dimensions of God's faithfulness. Yep. So good. So good. And so Paul then says in verse uh, 17, now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem was praying in the temple that I was in a trance. Now, I know in 21st century that gives a little bit of weirdness to some people, but when you say trance, immediately you begin to go to kind of witchcraft and kind of all that mm-hmm. stuff. But there is a uh, there is a visionary type position that God will give you. Like for me, I can be driving down the road, I see the road, but then I'll have a vision of something and I see it clearly, but I can still see the road. Mm-hmm. But I can see it clearly. And God's showing me something. And normally when that happens, he's showing me somebody, and I will make that call immediately while I'm on the road. Mm. And I'll be like, hey, God gave me a vision. I try not to get caught up in terminology. I don't say, hey, God, put me in a third heaven trance-like state. And <laughs> right. I was blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, man, I just kind of yeah. sense this. I kind of had this vision. Da, 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 da. Does this mean anything? And so Paul's not trying to seem super spiritual here. That was a kind of a lingo of that day. Yeah. He was saying, listen, I had a... I kind of came out of myself a little bit, and I was like, God was speaking to me. And I saw him saying to me, make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. So I said, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believe on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, man, he is owning it. He is owning his sin. Mm. Again, he's not even forgetting his sin. Again, he's forgetting his behaviors and his attitudes, but he's not... He's not running away from his sin. He is owning it, yeah. even though it's under the blood. Yeah. Publicly, yeah. in a mob, yeah. he's owning it. Yeah. And he knows by owning it, he knows he's going to be flogged, yeah. scourged, like yeah. he knows it. Yeah. But he also knows, if I don't say this, then I'm not really doing what God told me. I'm a coward. Yeah. I'm not doing what God called me to do. Right. So he says... Um, He says, and when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by consenting to his death and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. And then he said to me, depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. Mm. Now he is. Nice. He poked the bear. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now why is that so important? Or why is that so controversial that he says that? Because that was the, that was, that was the crux of everything. Why they were beating him in the first place. Yep. Um, they did not end behind them. Obviously, we're not fighting just flesh and blood. Behind them, the gospel, the, the spirits did not want the gospel getting out. Yep. And the Gentiles were unworthy. Mm-hmm. They were unclean. They were pagans. They mm-hmm. were. They don't deserve the gospel. Unto us was given the oracles of God. Yep. We're going to do this. Of course, we know that Paul just completely rips that to shreds. Yes. And he rips to shreds the theology of the Jews killed Jesus. They're no longer covenant people. And then he also tears apart the the theology of some of the Zionist thinking, which is, man, the Jews are God's chosen people. They don't have to go through Jesus, man. They're just, yeah. boom, they're good to go. No, yeah. Paul says, yeah. as it has to do with covenant, they are God's covenant people because unto them was given the oracles of God. Yeah. 
they are covenant people. But as unto salvation, he said, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What advantage has the Jew? Much in every way. As to them was committed the oracles of God. Covenant, boom. Mm -hmm. That's never going to change. As it has to do with the relationship with God, salvation, eternal salvation. Yeah. Here's the deal. What advantage has to do? None. None at all. Yeah. Well, even if even what you spoke on Sunday, the crux of the gospel is an identity issue. Yep. It's it's really dealing with the, the, there's neither Greek nor Jew, male nor female. It's an identity issue, and um, if you even study Paul's writings, he didn't speak about heaven and hell as much. He spoke about identity. Yep. And and that's why when you get down to it, they didn't crucify Jesus because of his miracles. They crucified him because he said he was the Son of God. Yeah, you don't it have to give up being a Jew to become Jesus, no. to become a, a Christian. Right. But you can't have your identity in being a Jew. Correct. Your identity has to be in Christ, and you can maintain your Jewishness because then it won't be law, it'll be love. Yeah. Which was which is the whole circumcision issue. That's right. And then yeah. even with the Greek, he's like, mm -hmm. you're, you're Greek, yeah. you know, you're Gentile, yeah. you're whatever. You don't have to give that mm -hmm. up as long as your identity is in Christ. Christ, yeah. then what you do as a Roman citizen, what you do as a, as a, whatever you do mm -hmm. then will be done as unto the Lord. Correct. But you don't have to become Jewish. Right. Well, it's what you said on Sunday, which I thought was so profound, is that if your identity is that you're a father, what happens if you're not a good father? Right. If your identity is um, that you're a pastor, well, all those things are just platforms. They're just, they're responsibilities. Yep. They're not your identity. And that's powerful. And I think we could, man, we could spit on the rest of the time just talking about identity for the rest of our days. Yep. Because that's really, when you want when you want to poke the bear, get into identity issues. He poked the bear because they saw themselves in a certain way. And when he, when he said that I'm going to the Gentiles, it was an identity issue. Yeah, and that's a great point, everybody, is that even in our own flesh, when we stop trying to treat symptoms and we go to the root, it is poking the bear of our flesh. Yep. We don't want to go there. Yep. Because then it's almost like Jesus saying, "Why do you want? Uh, uh, do you want to be healed to the man at the pool of Bethesda? 38 years. Of course he wants to be healed, you would think. Yeah. But Jesus asked him. And he wasn't asking him if he wanted to be healed physically. Mm -hmm. I believe he was asking him, do you Come want, out of that. are you willing to 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 pay the price mm. for the consequences of healing mm -hmm. because if you get healed no one's going to carry you around anymore mm. nobody's going to bring you here nobody's going to feel sorry for you nobody's going to pity you mm. you might have to get a job yeah. you might have and you're going to look like everybody else you're not going to stand out even yeah. in an infirmity yes even in a in a in an infirmity abusive situation and addiction you will not give it up just so you will still stand out. Have you ever seen the movie Shawshank Redemption? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what was the older guy that he'd been in there his whole life, and then when he finally got out, um, I'm, I'm, his name is right on the edge, but he couldn't handle freedom right? because he had been institutionalized so much. And that's so much the way I see many times us, are the body of Christ. We, we get used to an addiction. We get used to a sin. We get used to an infirmity yep. where it becomes almost our prison cell becomes a comfort zone. And he, what and was his name? Like, it's almost like for victims, they say that in a lot of, in a lot of victim situations is if you can get 5% affirmation, you will 
deal with 95% abuse. It's crazy. If you can just get 5% yeah. affirmation, yeah. you will deal with 95% of abuse. Yeah. It's almost like, and when Jesus said, do you want to be healed? It's like you and I believe in healing. Mm -hmm. But I always ask people, are you willing to pay the price for healing? Mm. Like if you're going to pray that a hospital would be emptied, are you willing for the mm. price to pay for hundreds of employees to be unemployed? Yeah. For a CEO of a company to go bankrupt, <laughs> so good. for a building to be yeah. emptied, that's going to happen if that hospital empties. Yeah. But if that hospital empties, are you willing to step up and go, I'm ready to become a CEO of a nonprofit and fill this thing up with, yeah. with AIDS victims and cancer victims and everything like that centered on Jesus? Right. Are you willing to do that like a Matthew Barnett in Los yeah, Angeles yeah, did yeah. at 20 years old? Right. Like... Now, an old hospital that was completely empty and decrepit now is like a beacon of light wow. in Los Angeles where tens of thousands of homeless are being fed in the midst of a pandemic where they're getting no help from anybody else. Wow. And, and it's like we don't ever talk about that. Yeah. I know we're not getting off track, guys, because, it, man, this is a Holy Spirit stream. We forget there are consequences to when the, when the kingdom of God manifests on the earth there are consequences that sure. are hard. Yes. You may be healed and you may feel awesome, but there's going to be a consequence to that. Yeah. Because the enemy is going to try to play on your insecurities now. Yeah. He's going to try to play on your need for others, mm -hmm. your need for others' affirmation that you got when you were sick. That's so good. That you no longer have anymore. Yeah. For me, am I willing to really pay, pray a prayer that is actually going to cost me more than I can actually imagine that it will cost me? but it will actually bring me the freedom that I want. Mm. And I think that when Jesus says, do you want to be healed? He's not talking about the initial healing. He's talking about what happens after yep. the man at the lame gate, mm. like silver and gold. Have I not, but such as I have, did that guy realize that no longer is he going to sit at the gate? People aren't mm. going to feel sorry for him anyway. He's not going to ask for money anymore. Mm -hmm. He's going to have to figure out who he is. Yeah. He's going to have to figure out what he needs to do now. Nobody's going to pick him up and carry him anymore. Yeah. Like there are consequences yeah. for miracles. Well, that, you know, it's so powerful because when you say it about miracles, we have a mentality that miracles make things easier. But they don't always do that. No Paul said that, you know, when he was talking about defending his apostleship, he said that they did miracles with great perseverance. Well, why would miracles take perseverance? Right. Because there's work involved. Because the results. <laughs> yes. The results of the miracles are there's, messy. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. we think, okay, mm -hmm. it's messy, and then there's a miracle, and it's clean. Yeah. And sometimes it's like there's a miracle, and then it's messy. Yeah. Because miracles mess things up. That's the whole point of the Jerusalem mob is they're going yeah. crazy. Yeah. Not just because Paul's talking about Gentiles and Jew, but because handkerchiefs are healing people. Miracles. Because, yeah. because uh, uh, the, the goddess Diana, people can't make money off her anymore because now <laughs> yeah, nobody's buying right. their statues and everybody's burning their books and everybody's burning yeah. their idols. And like there's a consequence. Yeah. The demoniac, can you please take care of this dude up in this mm -hmm. mountain that's screaming and we're afraid of him? Come out. They come out. They go into pigs. It costs some com commerce and money. And now it says he was clothed in his right mind and they're still afraid of yes. him. Yes. And they're afraid of him because of what it cost them. Yeah. <laughs> Not because they're afraid of him yeah. hurting them, because of what that miracle and that deliverance cost that farmer thousands of pigs, yeah. which cost the region yeah. thousands of dollars. 
And they weren't willing to pay the cost, so Jesus didn't stay there anymore and he went across. And it's like, do you want Jesus to hang out where you're at? You better be willing to pay the cost for what he does when you're there. Because when God moves in you, Wow. What an awesome episode of the midweek move. As you could tell, we got to verse 21 and that's kind of where things, they didn't get off the rails, man. We were in a stream and we just kind of stayed in that stream. But I did want to say verses 22 through 29, Paul brings this amazing revelation in the midst of this mob that not only is he a Jew, but he's also a Roman citizen. And what we're going to find in Acts 23 is on the on the next midweek move is how that divided nature of not only was he a jew but he was a roman citizen how that divides multiple houses going forward and god uses that to move things around for paul's benefit and for god's glory and so uh, i can't wait for you to join us next time on the midweek move for acts chapter 23 but man what an amazing dive into acts 22 we so appreciate pastor jeff hill and Kimberly Hill at uh, Chester, Virginia at Destiny Church. Man, we love those people. They are family. What an amazing church. And we had an amazing time of ministry there for almost an entire week uh, in Virginia. So uh, that's the midweek move, uh, the Jerusalem mob in Virginia. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And may the Lord bless you guys. And we'll see you next time.